Hey everybody, Stephen here from The Truth About Dyslexia. Now, you're probably realizing this isn't a normal day that I would upload a podcast. It's a Friday in New Zealand, a Thursday overseas, and I wanted to um, explain this one. So this is a bonus episode. I was very lucky to do a coaching session with a, a lovely girl called Allison, absolutely amazing human being, to help support her in overcoming a few challenges. You know, what I keep seeing more and more is how little adult dyslexia is spoken about. And as people are coming to this awareness, there's a lot of people that just aren't talking about the, tr you know, the truth about it for adults and how people actually live with it. You know, you know, someone mentioned to me the other day, it's a beautiful curse. And I really love that phrase. You know, it, it is really, really beautiful, but it's also a curse. And we, we hear a lot about the curse side of things. But also the beauty of how our brains work and operate needs to be spoken about. And, you know, that's a little bit of a tangent, but <laughs> oh, that's how our minds work, right? In, in today's episode, though, I've actually, uh, I'm uploading the whole coaching session of what I did with Alison. She's kindly agreed to let me share it. Um, it's about an hour and five minutes long. The first 30 minutes is really talking through her story. If you want to listen to that, that's fantastic. And, you know, if you're at the early stages of finding out about dyslexia, it's really great. The second 30, 35 minutes was much more about um, going into the experience and going into a bit more of the coaching side of the call. Um, yeah, what I would say is if you've got time to go for a big walk, it's brilliant to listen to. And see if you can hear yourself in anything Alison's saying or any of the challenges you've been through. Um, she was like many of us, didn't get diagnosed um, early, but always had a, a thought in the back of her mind. So I think she'll relate to a lot of you. And we get into some really good tools on the back end of this call, the last half of this call, that could also add a lot of value in your life. And I, wanted, I didn't want to cut and clip this. I wanted to share it as it is. If you want to listen to the whole thing, enjoy it. Um, yeah, it's a bonus episode. Um, enjoy it. If you've got any questions, just shout out. Well, let's... so awesome. So welcome, Alison. So should we start, you know, should we start by talking a little bit about your story? I'd love to hear a bit about you, how you found out you're dyslexic, et cetera. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So Ever since I was a child, I always, always struggled with school and I was always embarrassed. Um, I always felt like I was stupid because I was always trying to keep up. And even when I would reach out for help, it just seemed like it wouldn't help. And then I would be even more feeling, you know, having more of these feelings. Um, and so I had a lot of trauma around school and even to this point where it's like, ugh, school just like brings up bad memories. <laughs> um, I remember spelling things backwards. I remember um, struggling with B's and D's, um, lefts and rights, uh, tracking things on the board. I didn't know that those were things that I struggled with until like I started doing my research and finding out like why things cause me anxiety. Um, and so this has been just recent, like probably within the last past year that I started researching what is dyslexia because of what has been popping up in my life. Um, and so 
I didn't even, I ended up doing really well in school only because I hated being singled out. So I did everything to get out of those extra, you know, those classes where they pull like the kids that need extra help out. Mm-hmm. Um, I would get pulled out and then, and then I just remember having bad experiences with adults. Like they, they would try to teach me and it just, what they were doing just wasn't helpful at all. And it was more harmful. And so I being my creative self, <laughs> I figured out how to pass tests really well. I ended up getting good grades, ended up um, getting out of summer school finally, not having to do those, those things anymore. And yeah, I just, I learned how to memorize. That's what I did. Um, I would stay after class with the teachers and ask them like questions because I learned that I verbal, like verbally I learned really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I would ask other students for help. And so that's how I was getting by. And it was unfortunate because I put in a lot of extra work um, when all I needed was the tools to help me. Um, so in college, I didn't want to go to college, but they convinced me to go to college. <laughs> Usually happens. And, uh, and, and in myself, like I didn't realize I had this insecurity, but I, I knew I wasn't going to do good just because of how much I struggled in, in school. Um, and sure enough, in college, I, my anxiety, I, that's when I started having panic attacks. I had anxiety when I was younger, but I didn't know what that was. Um, I just remember my heart racing, things like that. And I just threw myself into sports and things. So that took care of it. But once I got into college, um, I ended up getting a wrestling scholarship um, and ended up in college on that. And that's when the anxiety got worse. Um, I started having panic attacks, still managing school. I ended up still getting good grades, but oh my gosh, like I, my health, I didn't realize how much my health suffered uh, physically, mentally, and I just kept on thinking, I just have to try harder. I just need to try harder. <laughs> and that's what I did. I tried harder and I, I uh, ended up, you know, doing really well. And it was up until the last point. And this was when I had to take this accumulative test. So it was testing over the last past three years of information that I learned. Now I have to take this accumulative test to regurgitate all the things I learned in the last past three years. That's when memorizing failed me (laughs) because it wasn't storing in my long-term memory. Also all that whole, all that information just went out the window. And then I had another terrible experience. My, the teacher or the professor that was teaching this course, she happened to be um, all these high titles. She was my academic advisor. She was the professor of a lot of my classes, and she was also the chair of the department of my study. Mm. And she cussed me out, and she was like, this is what you effing bring to the table. What were you doing for the last past three years? And oh my gosh, like I was just like, I, I broke down in tears because like that was my worst nightmare. <laughs> it came true, like to, to get through all that. And, and fighting these insecurities 
and then find out like it wasn't good enough. My best wasn't good enough. Like that was so heartbreaking. <laughs> I laughed just to push back the tears. <laughs> but um, so when that had happened, that's when I realized like, man, there's something, there's something wrong. There's something I have to do. Um, and I didn't know where, where to, what to do or anything. I didn't even think about dyslexia or anything by then. I just knew like, man, I just failed. Oh, well, like, I guess I'm just going to have to try harder. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I kept on putting all this blame on myself. And, um, it was the next semester that I took a sociology class. I took classes that I wanted to take now that I had all this free extra time because uh, I had to change my major. Um, I took a class on race and ethnic relations and it was a sociology class. And um, that class was the first class I've ever struggled in. I literally was failing every test and I was like, why is this? And I'm doing everything that the professor was saying to do. And so I approached her and I was like, hey, I was like, I don't know if this has anything to do with why I just failed out of my major. And <laughs> but I'm not passing your class and I don't know why this is. I've never had this issue before. Um, so she how, met me how up. Long, how long ago was this? How long ago? This experience was about five years ago. I graduated five years ago. Um, so this professor, her name is Jen. She is my sweetheart. <laughs> um, she took the time to sit down with me and figure this out. And she, you know, would try different things with me and I would come back. I'm still failing your test. And then she would try something else with me. And then I would still fail her test. And then finally, we found this concoction of different methods that work for me. So like right here, I, I did some bubble maps. Um, so a little flow chart so that I could visually see it, plus communicating the information, like talking back and forth with my professor. Um, those were really helpful. And then at the time, I didn't realize that I did. I struggled with reading. Um, I always just thought I just didn't pay attention hard enough. <laughs> if, you just, but, if you just work harder, you'd get it, right? <laughs> yeah, I thought I was like lazy. I thought I wasn't like focusing hard enough or what but I always loved learning I always enjoyed it it just was really hard and and so she would help me and she was like why don't you summarize each paragraph read it summarize each paragraph and so it was taking me a long time to do all this work but eventually like I got really good and even now like I can um it's easier for me to read when I do read uh, and I do have a lot of apps, like I'm using a lot of different apps to help me read, that read things out loud. Um, and that's work, because I do like to still read along with the words, uh, but I also need to hear it or else I'll lose so much information and it takes me way more energy to actually read it myself. Do you, do you feel, you know, what I'm hearing as well is you, you've got to a point where you can read but it's the absorption of the information so that it actually yes. or you understand it fully. Like um, what I see with a lot of dyslexics is over time, we use apps and information to kind of gather information, 
but it doesn't sink in in the same way. It doesn't stay with us. And sometimes we can even regurgitate it and we can act like we understand it and we know it in the moment, but it doesn't actually stick with us. So it just kind of goes out the other ear and disappears. Right? Yeah. That sounds true. Yeah. And that's what we figured out. It was with her, she had, we had figured out that it was a retention of information. I could not retain the information because I wasn't learning it the way I needed to learn it. So it was sad to think like college is that easy that you can memorize your way through it. It's, and finally one teacher, her tests were hard enough that got me. <laughs> and so, you know, and, and this is this is the point. A lot of us struggle with college, especially unless we're in a hands-on profession. So like I do work with a chiropractic college and they teach people how to be chiropractors, which is a very hands-on experience. A lot of tradies, a lot of musicians, all of these kind of job roles that are hands-on or doing jobs, we're really good at, right? But when you go in and you actually try and study like a left brain person, it's we're just not built that way. That's what Google's built uh, for. And, exactly. and, and if I kind of take you from where you are there five years ago, and we fast forward to today, what, what, where are you now in life? Where are you finding, where do you feel dyslexia might be or the way you think is a better way to state this? How, how are you finding, where are the roadblocks that are appearing that you would get the most value from moving, do you think? So the last past five years, cause I just started looking up dyslexia this last past year. Um, and that's when I found the podcast and the podcast was so liberating. <laughs> I love it. Like I learned so, so much about myself and I was utilizing different tools. Um, but before that, I actually had a lot of issues with anxiety and that's what made me slow down. I realized that I need to work on my foundation and I had a lot of toxic maladaptive behaviors that helped me survive um and I was realizing like it served me back then but it's not serving me now and so I started doing a lot of um like soul searching when it came to like different identities of myself like being Mexican and Japanese um what are historical events that have impacted my family um uh, my community and other people as well and I started to explore what was causing my anxiety. So I had done all this work with those items, um, even just being a woman too, that's a, another marginalized uh, group of, and so I have all these little pieces. Finally, five, about four years. So I discovered this podcast about a year ago. The reason why I needed to look up dyslexia was because I was starting to get triggered back to school. And I was like, why am I getting triggered back to school? Like I've graduated nearly four years ago. Why are memories popping up about school? And I had started my first uh, business, um, like solo business uh, by myself. And I was working through some things. And, um, and I was doing something that I thought was so simple. I was like, what the heck? And this brought me to tears. And I was like triggered back to that moment that I failed out of my major. Um, and I was like, this is so weird. What about my business is triggering these memories from school? 
I was like, something about my business reminds me of school. And so that night I had Googled dyslexia because I was like, maybe it has to do with that word. And my professor back then when she had, um, you know, done all that work to help me pass her class, she had mentioned dyslexia. And I was like, you know what? I personally thought that of myself before because I don't even know where I heard the term dyslexia, but I heard the symptoms when I was young and I was like, that sounds oddly like me, <laughs> but I never thought much into it. I was just like, well, that's me. I guess like, this is just how I am. Like never really thought much into it. And so. And would you say you weren't, you know, at that time and we see this a lot, so you're not alone. You have to be ready to kind of take it on. Like, you know, this is the challenge of our mind. Your, your mind has had all of this stuff dropped in it over the years from your professor as a kid. You know, you've probably seen dyslexia on TV at some point. Someone else would have mentioned it. Now, all of this information is, is, is across our brains like stars in the sky. And until the stars kind of line up and you're like in that exact zone and moment, and then the minute that happens, it's like all your energy gets funneled into that right and like you you can't get enough information on dyslexia and understanding this part of you because it's only part of you but you know that's where you'd have you know the funniest thing I see with the podcast is we get so many people who listen to one they go wow that's interesting and before they know it they've listened to 20 you know because <laughs> they you know their energy is funneled into it and they know that they realize this is part of me that no one's told me about and it's like discovering your third arm kind of thing that no one said, oh, look there, you know, that's part of you, right? You know? Yeah. And it was just so like, literally that night I was crying while Googling <laughs> dyslexia. And I, you know, luckily like this was one of the first thing that popped up. So I didn't really like, you know, research super deeply into it. Um, and I found the podcast and it was so, liberating like oh this is what this is like what this is this is just another way of thinking like I wasn't given the tools I was like no wonder why everything was super hard <laughs> and and that you know that is a huge awareness you know it's like we're always you know what I notice is we're always looking for the next practical tool to install in our life but sometimes what we've learned from the courses we do is around time is the thing we're really bad at. And, you know, for our learning to be really powerful, if we give awareness and time, you know, our brains solve it, right? They put the two and two together and they smash it out. Like if we go, hey, look, look through your life at, at, at it from this perspective, your brain goes back into the past and it looks, it goes, was that a dyslexic moment? Or was that a visual thinking moment? Did that affect me at work? Was that, you know, part of, was that, you know, our brains are great at pulling things together from a seed of an idea, would you say? Yeah. Yeah, it was really strange. Like, I didn't realize that about my brain until I started to analyze, I looked back at that. And I'm just like, man, like, that was so beautiful. Like, I love that about myself. And I never took the time to, like, actually appreciate that piece of myself. And even that, like, that's such a personal thing that is so sad that I never 
appreciated or somebody never said like other than like your cute my cute little drawings I love to draw um you know people acknowledge like that type of creativity but not on the level of thinking though like nobody ever praised me like you know you're you're smart you're creative and you're the way you think and I like I said I always thought I was stupid and I was always trying to like hide and in all reality, like, man, I was just like, I love that part of myself. So I love seeing your, I love seeing your face as you say these things, because it's like, you're lighting up as you talk about this awareness. And it's like your body going, I agree, you know, the whole of you is agreeing. Um, is there, you know, if I was to ask you a deep question, is there anywhere in your life at the moment, you still don't feel good enough? And it's causing you anxiety or you know, struggles. Yeah. So remember how I was saying that the anxiety piece was the one that made me slow down. Like it literally made me slow down. Like I was having such severe physical ailments, like literally ailments that I was facing possibly surgery. Like mm -hmm. my jaw had locked up super bad. Um, and I've always had clicking as a child, like it would click but it wasn't painful. So I was like, it started way back then. Um, and then it started to lock up and then it jumped to this side. And then I couldn't eat very much because my jaw wouldn't freaking open up. <laughs> and, and my anxiety was just through the roof. And um, I started, like, I didn't want to do surgery. Like all these doctors, they I just spent so much money and I, I finally figured out one of my coworkers said, try chiropractics. And so I tried that. Um, I was like, might as well, like I've already spent all this money. And sure enough, that was the first time that I saw results. I knew also that my mental health had something to do with it. Cause I started to meditate. I started to or get to work early, early, um, earlier than usual, not really early, but <laughs> And I noticed like that was a little bit soothing to me, but because there was so much damage that was already done to like the jaw, the muscles, the joints, um, it wasn't enough. So now that I've maintained it, like I've maintained the progress that I've made, um, my jaw even feels better than when I was a child. Like it doesn't even click. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. Um, and just like the quality of my life has improved dramatically. Like this was like I was saying the last puzzle piece to I feel like my anxiety um, so was the, this piece. So the awareness from this, you can kind of see how it's filtered through you to be able to say, hey, I'm okay. I'm good enough. I accept myself. I, you know, this is the way I'm built. It's now about how do I, you know, how do I start to train my mind for how it's built rather than just force it through hard work? Because it sounds like that was one of your your things like you would work harder than everyone else and you'd fight through the pain even if it was really painful so you were good enough does that sound about yeah like oh my gosh I didn't realize how much like I abused my mind and my body um to get to where I was at every stage and this was like I'm literally I feel like doing more work but also doing it more efficiently because now I'm playing catch up. Now I'm learning skills that I should have learned when I was a child. 
So now that I'm working, like, cause I uh, picked up a position, another position. Um, now it's just so, this is like the best I've ever felt. Like, this is what I dreamt about as a child. Like, I was like, I want to be like this. Like, I would always, I was very envious of smart kids. Like, I was like, why do they just get it? Like, <laughs> and like, I would just try and I thought maybe one day I'd be like them but that day never came until like this moment, like the last past, I want to say like year that I've been like doing this research. Like I'm finally, my mind and my body is finally letting go. It's finally relaxing. It's finally healing. I'm allowing my body to rest. Um, so yeah, so it's been really amazing. I still, and that's one of the things that I put down. I still get tension. Um, so that was one of the things that I put down on my little uh, flow map. And if, if, you were to, that, if you were to tell me about a specific time, could you tell me a story about a time you felt that tension that's been really clear? Like, was it in a particular action? Was it around something specific? Yeah, so now I've worked through some of the issues. Um, now I'm seeing it with focusing, like, and I'm not too sure if it's because of I'm so used to overworking myself that whenever I do start to like zone in into something that I'm working on, like I feel my chest tighten up. I feel my jaw tighten up. It's definitely, I don't believe it'll ever get to the point where it was before because I know too much about myself now. Uh, but I do feel that like whenever I'm working at work. So I work at a, a mental health facility and I love the work I'm doing. I love the clients. Like it's super cool. Like I'm constantly learning. Um, and when I channel my energy, like when I'm focusing on, let's say I'm doing notes or I have to read something, I feel like my chest tighten up and I feel my jaw clench. And and yeah, so times like that, so that's one moment. Other times too, I get triggered by people and their problematic language. <laughs> so um, I just started this job not too long ago and, and I was very open uh, about my dyslexia. I'm pretty dang sure that I have ADD too and my anxiety and I, I let my supervisor know my strengths and the areas that, hey, like, I don't want people to judge me based on like that I move around a lot or, you know, I don't want you to think that I'm not paying attention. So I, I disclose these informations to help him know what works best for me. Um, and so it's been good. And then I had a moment where it triggered me back to school again. <laughs> um, my supervisor has worked with me. There's a person who trains for my position. Um, and I don't know why that this had this happened, but I was asked to stay after a meeting. And this lady that I do not even know, she is the boss of these two people that have been training me, my supervisor and this other lady that I don't know too well um the boss 
of those two people um, was talking to me about my dyslexia. And I had explained to her everything that I've been working on. So I went through the different tools that I've been doing. Um, and then she had gotten, I can tell like she was kind of lost. Like she didn't understand. And I remember you talking about this in one of your podcasts that sometimes people are trying to follow what you're saying, but because they're thinking more chronologically and I also did not have time to prepare for this meeting. So I didn't have like a little flow map to bring into the meeting. Um, you know, my thoughts were a little bit, you know, and plus it, it made me nervous. <laughs> um, they're a little, my thoughts were a little bit um, in disarray. And then that's when she had told me, she was like, you know, the way that you're talking, it sounds like you're, you're not, um, I'm drawing a blank on the word that she used. What's the, what's the picture? What can you see? What can you see her saying? You know, how did it, how did the word make you feel? The, the word doesn't matter. How does, does it feel? Scattered. She said scattered. Your thoughts seem very scattered. Um, I'm afraid that I'm concerned that you won't be able to do your job. Mm -hmm. She said something along those lines. And I had literally looked at her and I was like, and I re-explained the tools that I was using. I just told her about those tools. And here you're talking about my scattered words or a scattered thought. And here I had to explain it again, the tools that I'm using to help myself. And it just triggered me. It made me feel back to, and I'm going to start crying. <laughs> hey, it's so it triggered me back to school. The exact same things that those professors had said to me, things that I have experienced as a child, all came back. And I was just like, man, like that sucks. Like, this is the best that I'm feeling and yet you're gonna like criticize me <laughs> and these these things these things will continue to come up in your life they won't they won't ever stop right the only thing you have control of is how you react to them which mm -hmm. which which I'm sure you've heard before right if you will have heard that on someone's podcast or someone's something it's how you react not what happens that makes a difference like nothing is good or bad there's only your reaction to it does that make, does that kind of make sense? Yeah. You know, and whatever she's saying, she's sometimes, you know, one, a tool that's always worked for me in those situations is practicing ridiculously deep breathing. You know, whenever I get into that point of stress or sometimes when I'm about to put my foot in my mouth, you know, you know, those moments where you just start talking before your brain's engaged and you just start everything you thought comes out in a weird fluster. Yes, that's exactly what happened. Like, I just felt like word vomit. Like I was like disclosing way too much information because you don't know me. You don't even work with me. I don't even know why you're even talking to me. And I just felt like silly because everything just like mm. fell out of my mouth. 
Every, and that's a great way to put it. Everything falls out your mouth. And one of the, you know, in those situations, where I, you know, there's a couple of ways I would consider handling it. The first is always to, is to build your own triggers. So be it a deep breath for you. I used to actually pinch my thing, pinch my hand. So I'd, I'd go between that and I'd pinch myself because not, not enough to hurt myself. Like I'm not, not like that, but just to remind myself I'm in this situation again. And okay. it doesn't, to be honest, it doesn't happen. A, like, if you're like me, it doesn't happen a lot. We're not talking about a daily thing. It's, it's only in these slightly bigger situations, but I'd go, Hey, you know, take a breath, you know, and then I'd have two options, two options to really deal with this, depending on the situation. So I've stopped myself from initial word vomit or, you know, some, and sometimes it's just protecting myself. Like I, I feel like someone's attacking me for something mm -hmm. I can't change about who I am. So my word vomit is basically trying to build a wall of words that <laughs> make them feel stupid. You know, if they feel stupid, then I'm smarter than them and they can't hurt me. How does I never that... thought about that as being a coping mechanism for like why somebody would, well, I do that. I didn't realize other people do that too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's literally like, if I talk faster than you, and there's a comedian called Russell Brand over in the UK. Um, he's been in a few American movies and, and he always used to talk about it in the fact that he could say more words per minute than anyone. He could just talk, 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 talk. But it didn't mean that he actually understood what he was saying. Half the time he even agreed with it. He could just talk faster than someone else and it kind of protected him. Um, mm -hmm. And so by stopping that, you're basically telling your brain, I know every movie and picture is running through my brain. But before I start talking about it, I'm going to take a moment. And, you know, what I've learned that works really well is, is clarifying. So the first thing that comes out of my mind is how can I clarify what she's saying? When she says scattered, I would say, can you, can you paint me a picture of what that means to you because the challenge with the english language and dyslexia is not just reading and writing and spelling it's comprehension and if we've got if you've got a different picture of what she's saying to what she's saying there's that's where communication goes because she might actually scattered to her might mean something different to scattered to you you know, I was, I'll give you an example. I was in a meeting with Vanessa, one of the Truth About Dyslexia partners, she, you know, today. And we started talking about this, um, this confidence series we're doing. And she was talking about videos. And I was saying, that's not what we're doing. And she's like, yeah, yeah, we're going to do these videos. And what she actually meant was presentation. Her picture in mind was mm. presentation, but she kept saying videos. And so we were talking about the same thing, but using different words. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. I I definitely like that. I definitely feel like she was still putting me down because of what she said. I can't, I can't. I'm wondering if you can even like do the job. So I know that it was still a negative connotation to it. Um, but I love that, like how you're saying the deep breathing, like take a pause, uh, how you even paired it up with a physical action of like pinching yourself. 
because that's the thing like I was wondering like how do I not do that because I even revert back to like old behaviors of of like my old self where I would um I I felt shitty about myself and then I was also like thanking them for you know trying to support me and this and that and I'm like why did I even thank them like they weren't even trying to support me like I'm doing fine with my supervisor like I don't even know why their boss had to talk to me at all um to say something like that so what it, what it sounds to me again that's the other part of dyslexia that you're saying is you've gone down 28 different rabbit holes yeah your visual mind has gone she has said one phrase and you have gained one emotional feeling from that phrase. Now your brain is latched on and it has created a hundred different dimensions that could happen. Yes. I'm like thinking what, like, what does this mean? Well, maybe she didn't mean it this way. Maybe her face just is, you know, this resting bitch face. Like maybe it has nothing to do with you. <laughs> yeah, and then honestly, so, that is the biggest secret is how can you how can you direct your rabbit holes so you can't stop your brain going down rabbit holes right but yeah you can, you can change the story because everything in your brain is made up none of it exists does that make sense none of it mm -hmm. you've invented everything from past experiences that's all it is so you know you can you can choose to if you don't direct it your brain will run off on its own. So it's going to do this yeah. whether you like it or not. But you could say, you know, and, and, I, and I'll give you a bit of a story. A friend, a friend went through this. He went down to a beautiful tourist location and he was renting a car. And he walks into this car rental company and he's standing there waiting for the lady to serve him. And there's, imagine a beautiful location, mountains, streams around. There was no one else in this car rental place. And this woman took five minutes to talk to him. And like, she's sitting there. She's like, she's like saying, Hey, I need to, you know, she's, she's doing his thing. He's like, why are you not serving me? This is terrible customer service. By the time she did serve him, she was really abrupt and re not completely rude, but rude enough to go, Hey, I don't want to come back here. And so in his brain, he was going, she's a horrible person. She probably has never had a, another job before. She's, you know, she'll never get another job. I'm never coming here again. What yeah. a bad, horrible, horrible person this one is. And um, and then he caught himself and he, he took a breath and he did the technique. He, you know, I don't know if he did that or I think he may have had a rubber band of some sort. And, and what he said to the person was he goes, you know, are you okay? As opposed to running off down an alleyway. Uh, he said, are you okay? And she goes, she goes, my, my husband just died about a month ago and I'm still really struggling with it. And he was like, wow, you know, the picture he had in his mind was she was a horrible person, which wasn't Yeah, true. that's so true. I didn't even think about that. Like, I love that clarifying, clarifying that picture for multiple reasons like not only for myself but even for the other person like that conversation with that person um that boss lady um you know maybe it could have been like a really cool conversation that we could have had and now like even now reflecting like i think her her husband had just passed away too <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I, yeah. didn't know that. I didn't know that but yeah that's yeah. yeah somebody had told me but I didn't really like you know cared to think much about it because I don't even know her and 
I'm not going to have much in contact with her. So that was interesting that you just said that. What? But yeah, I love that clarifying that picture because I think that it would allow me to connect with somebody um, just in general that that happens so much like you know you're upset with somebody your partner whoever and just like asking them like what is going on in your head mm. what does this look like so I love that one thing I would help you with with this is if you you know I can see you so put put your hand out like this like a gun like a little gun okay so whenever someone is pointing at you I'm pointing three fingers back at myself so from a physical mm. world, whenever she's pointing at you and saying something, she's pointing three fingers back at herself. So we as humans, however much we think we're about other people, we're only about ourselves. What we believe, what our perspective is, what we think. Mm. Um, and so the challenge we have as dyslexics is we sometimes feel like someone's got all four fingers pointing at us, which would be weird, but... <laughs> we feel like we feel like it's all about us we are the center of our universe to be honest you know it's why we sometimes struggle to ask for real help is because we think we can solve it ourselves because the world is about us right yeah but if you, change, if you change that that's the and the reason i show you that and and what i'm doing is one finger out three fingers back is because those physical real world things will help you remember when all of this, because this conversation will disappear from your brain. But if you can, if you can remember the story about the car rental company, or you can remember the fingers like this, or you can remember just to do that, and you do it two or three times and you experience it in the real world, because that's how we learn, you know, that will change the rest of your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I'm going to also pair that idea up with um, learning. Cause I think I've struggled so much with learning despite me loving learning. Like I love to learn. It could be about just about anything. Um, it causes me a lot of stress because of the trauma that I've experienced around learning. Um, so I think when I am focusing and even though like I know so much and I'm working through everything and, and uh, using different tools and, and gaining so much, it still is pretty traumatizing. And I think that's why like my chest tightens up um, when I'm trying to do things, even though now I have the tools and it'll never be that hard ever again. <laughs> and what's, and what's your picture of, um, and it's great you say tools because that's pretty much all you can do is get a big belt of tools that you can pull from when you need them. But, but when you say learning, because you know, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna take a, this is where my rabbit hole brain is gone. I don't think you have a problem with learning. I think if anything, you learn things super quickly, you passionately mm -hmm. learn them, you can pick things up quicker than a lot of your friends potentially. Um, I guess the phrase, the picture I have is your problem is more with structured learning. Would you say that's the challenge? Yeah. So like, um, let's say I want to learn more about a client and their diagnosis uh, because I help my clients. Um, game skills things like that um and so when i'm reading their client portfolio and researching things that i enjoy like i love learning about other people and i love learning different things the process of learning it though 
triggers me. So because, you know, I studied things that I was interested in, like health and wellness, I'm interested in health and wellness, but the process of getting to anything that I learned was super terribly hard. Mm. So now that it's not super terribly hard, you know, I'm able to learn things the way I need to learn things. And I even love it even more. It's, still causes me stress and my anxiety uh i could feel the tension of my chest and i like clench my jaw and i think it's the process so i think when i tried it just recently where i um, felt it creeping up and i didn't want my brain to shut down yeah. i got up and i went for a 15 minute walk and i started like waving my arms around getting that nasty energy out like the anxiety and i was saying affirmations to myself and after that 15 minute walk, I was good. And so I think also pairing it up with what you're saying, the pinching and the deep breathing, maybe it won't even get to that point where it's like, I need to disengage completely. I need to go for a walk. I need to do that. Like I still will do that, but I would also like to have something where maybe I don't have access to a walk. <laughs> so and, and also consider, you know, I, I mentioned about asking that person about her picture. What's her actual picture? You can ask yourself that as well. Because, you know, the challenge we have is we call dyslexics picture thinkers, visual thinkers. But the problem with that is our visuals are so quick. They're so fast. You can't always see the movie playing in your own head. You can only feel the, like, if you imagine, like, have you ever seen Back to the Future? You know, the, um, the Michael J. Fox movie years ago and the DeLorean car just kind of disappears. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time, the feelings are kind of like those fiery streaks that are left in the, in the ground. And the DeLorean, which is kind of the pictures or the movie is already gone. Mm -hmm. So you can be feeling something, be it anxiety or, or stress, but it's super hard for you to connect it to why am I feeling that? It's just so yeah. unclear, right? How does that sit? How does that sit with you? I think I felt it shutting down. My brain was shutting down when I was trying to read. I had also a time limit. I had to get. I had to digest this information in order to work with this client. I wish I would have had more time to do that, but I didn't. And, and so when I started to read, I started feeling frustrated and my brain started shutting down. <laughs> That's and yeah. And I, so I think that that's what it is, is that I still get triggered, even though like, I know, that I can do this and that I can um, process information a lot more efficiently and effectively and healthily as well. Um, but it's still like, it still gets me sometimes. And like I said, I had, I just had to go for a walk, get that loose energy out, came back, got the information. I did really great, like working with the client. Um, but yeah, I was, I was trying to figure out like, how can I not get like that? Like, I don't want this to compile into a problem later on down the line. <laughs> I'm, I'm so with you. And, 
you know, we'll, we'll be releasing a course called The Confident Dyslexic. Um, I think we're, it's about a month or six weeks away for our next intake. But again, it's kind of exactly what you've said. Everyone's kind of come in with a similar feeling, not understood how to adjust it. And over six weeks, we, we kind of fix, not fix it, but we give you the next level of awareness of how to change the way you think, because we're just not taught this stuff at school. They just don't teach it. Um, and it's what causes this, this feeling of not being right or not being good enough. We, we, kind of, we kind of teach you how to digest, and I think that's the best word, digest information better um, in a way that your brain is jumping mm. to joy, right? Yeah. One, one other thing my partner shared with me that worked for her really well was having a smell associated with a new type of learning so for example mm. if you want to digest you want to practice digesting information you're super comfortable with and you want to take a smell like lavender comes to mind or cinnamon or something that you really love whatever you really love that you can have on either a handkerchief or a i don't know it could be any way you do it, it could have essential oils yeah. i love essential oils pick one that you have such strong happy feelings with and decide that this is the oil that i'm going to use when i learn about my patients and spend some time you know practicing with it and feeling great you know over emphasizing feeling great imagine you're feeling okay and connect to connect those two wires in your brain and then every time you do it if you've got that in your pocket or somewhere close by smell and like you won't look like a drug addict just kind of just uh, just just have a little sniff i don't care what i look like Ah, i'm doing whatever it takes to make me feel good (laughs) but but that would feel good right that would make you feel super good yeah i never even thought about that because i i've heard of people doing that for like test taking Mm. um you know smells like if you're studying here smell this while you're studying and then take the test but i never heard of it like connecting it with a good feeling of hey i'm learning a new style of learning this is great you love this and it's so much different than the other way that i was learning Mm -hmm. and so i love that i think that will definitely work dang i didn't even think about all this yeah and this is the um this is the challenge with everyone with dyslexia and it's it's we we can help someone else really easily but to help ourselves it's like we're trapped in a box with no windows or light you know it's very it's very hard and what i notice a lot of dyslexics doing is they end up trying a thousand different things and and occasionally they stick and sometimes they're okay but they never get close to the root of the problem yeah does that make sense does it feel right yeah, that's exactly why I reached out was because like I was thinking like, man, I'm having so much success doing this on my own. Like I love this podcast. I love what I'm learning. And I actually thought about getting a diet, like an official diagnosis and working with somebody that specializes in learning disabilities. But then I was like, that's going to cost a lot of money. It's going to co- take a lot of time and resources to actually find the right professional for me Mm. and 
And I was just like, imagine working with somebody that actually specializes in this. I could learn this so much more efficiently, effectively. And I just, I love my health too much to sacrifice it anymore. And so that's why I reached out and I was like, hey, <laughs> I love your podcast. I need some help. <laughs> hey, it's, it's, you know, the secret, the secret you've got to remind yourself is you've asked for help. And if I was to talk to anyone out there um, about that, like it's so often dyslexics try and do it themselves. They're, I don't know, I, I, I'm not sure if it's purely because it, they feel if they ask for help and fail, they'll just feel bad again. And so they don't ask for help, they'd rather hide. But, you know, there are people that love them out there. Like our, our Facebook group is so big now and, you know, everyone's sharing things and, and challenges and, and it's like, it's amazing just hearing that other people are going through exactly the same challenges and you are, you're actually not special. There's actually yeah. nothing special about you. You know, every, there's a lot of us out there, like Yale say it's 20% of the population. That's insane, right? Yeah. It's one of those humbling, like to me, it's very humbling to, to realize like there's so many other really cool people out there. <laughs> And also it just like takes me out of my own, my own bubble that and just in general, like we're really average. Like I was working with someone with um, autism and I couldn't believe how similar our way of learning was. Like it was so wild to me. Mm. And um, yeah, even just that where I was like really connecting with her just because like I was showing her some of the tools that I use and, and learning from her. And it was just really cool to connect with someone on that level to realize like, I'm not alone, but I'm also like not special and like, Oh my God, like you're so out there and amazing. It's like, no, we're just all human beings. Like we all just think a different way. So. And it sounds yeah, like you, it's, it sounds like you've found the job for you. And, mm -hmm. and if you, if you come up against these people, there are always going to be people that won't understand you. Um, and, and instead of going, Hey, this is a roadblock, which I don't think you see it as, I think it's another challenge to overcome and, and having that clarity of, of realizing it's not about you. It's about them. When I made that shift, it changed my life. You know, and I, and I tell another story about it where I'm driving along on the motorway and I and I, I hear a police cop car coming and my brain goes down a, a rabbit hole to go, what have I done? You know, what have I done? Why are they after me? Yes. And like I get that anxious feeling all through my body and I'm like, oh, and that's what I used to think. And and then I changed the picture. I changed the story and I said, they're going to go and save someone's life. That's what they're going to do. And so I drove, you know, and, and it's the same. I used to, when I got cut off in traffic, you can use it for similar things. When I got cut off on traffic. I used to think this guy is an ass. You know, that's, that was what would go through my mind, right? This is a bad, annoying, frustrating person. Instead, yeah. instead the story I choose to tell myself is, is this guy or girl is about, is going to the hospital because they're pregnant. They have to have a child. My gosh, they should go first. Go, you know, if they really need it that quickly, go for it. <laughs> you know, I've just helped someone yeah. have a baby. That's pretty amazing, right? It's a different feeling. 
definitely I love how it's like it's what you're saying is like the same idea but you're reinforcing it in different ways mm. like you're talking about this story and you talked about clarifying it you talked about taking a deep breath pinching yourself pairing up you know these good feelings with um, an essential oil and then even just like telling yourself a new story like that's so cool like I never even thought about like doing separate steps to reinforce this new behavior idea and just play with it sit with it be with it don't um there's no homework to write from this I just want you to play with these ideas. I want you to take them and I want you to experience them in the world. That's your only goal is, is going after this call, go and smell an essential oil and choose the one you're going to use and put it by your bed. And, you know, take some time to picture where these things have happened in your life and, and, and work out where, they've, where you've experienced them recently. And then the next time it happens, if you can hold yourself to be present enough, even if you can't change what you do, but to notice that was a place you could change, that is that is where you will learn and you will you will grow as a human, right? It's huge. Gotcha. Just being aware and stopping and reflecting, even if you don't change it quite right there. Yeah, hundred percent. And and if I was, you know, just looking at the time with this is out of this call, you know, do you feel you've got some tools that you can play with? And, and what are, you know, what's the biggest thing that's probably come from this call for you? Um, dealing with the stress, I feel like the stress literally piled up so bad where it made me physically have to stop. And now that I'm put in another environment where I'm learning to navigate it, it's, bringing up the same feelings and I don't want to ever let it get to that point ever again and so this was definitely un, like additional tools to my little toolbox kit <laughs> so I know I 100% know that these will work um, because I have done similar things um, to get me to where I am right now so to get me to that next level of health, <laughs> I feel like these are these are the tools that I needed. So perfect. And if, if you were to like, I'm I'm not here to, I'm not a babysitter, but I also know how our brains work, and we can enjoy these conversations with so much intensity. Um, how are you going to make sure you you actually do some of this? Um, right now I am doing, um, I love this journal that my grandma had bought me and it's a habit journal. Um, so it's every morning I notice when I, I've never been like this. I've never been really a scheduled routine organized person, but I realized that really helps bring down my anxiety. And one thing I'm doing for myself is waking up early enough to go for a walk, um, maybe move my body in some way that makes me feel good and um, journaling. And in that journal, like I put down things that I am grateful for, how I'm going to move my body, um, gentle nutrition, how much water did I drink? 
So it makes me reflect on things that make me feel good. And, um, and then this is going to be another thing that I'm going to add uh, to it because this, like I said, this is every day. Um, these problems come up every day. So I'm sure that it'll be used probably even tomorrow. <laughs> And potentially one thing you could consider um, is if you've got a few essential oils, pick one for your journaling as well. You know, pick one, associate a smell with it, make your journal smell a certain way. You know, that'll help remind you. And that alone will remind you of what we've talked about. Um, the other thing to consider is ask yourself, add another question to your journal is, is, what picture was I thinking or what, what was running through my mind? And I will tell you eight times out of 10, you will not be able to see it. And you will say, I just felt that way. That's okay. But being aware that you didn't see a picture or you didn't remember to look is the biggest learning because that will in the future, it'll remind your brain to look. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah because my brain wants to revert back to this old way of thinking and doesn't naturally want to you know do the bubble maps and things like that and do pictures and it's yeah tiring. i think that would be tiring right it's really tiring for your brain your brain is yeah. bubble maps are the best thing you can do there's a great guy who runs the bubble map academy i think and um who's pretty brilliant and he um it's still a lot of energy for your brain and it feels like a lot of work. So your brain is pumping through a lot of glucose and energy when it's doing that. And when that happens, you get more tired. And so the oppos opposition of that is you now need to be re-stimulated. And those stimulations can sometimes be food. They can be running and walking. They can be meditation. So you, you can pick healthy stimulants or you can let your brain pick easy, lazy stimulants. And, you know, we've all gone down the track of lazy stimulants at some point. Um, anything that gives you that dopamine or that intense feeling, uh, it's, it's very common. So you're not alone. <laughs> that is. Now, what triggered that thought, this, that last piece of, that last part that you had said, that it triggers dopamine, um, our bodies need that yeah, after but... you do that hard work. Yeah. So after your, you know, so when you're doing the bubble maps and you're doing learning, that written learning, you know, that's this, your, your brain is getting tired, right? That is, those things will trigger challenging moments because what's happening is it's looking for stimulants. It's trying to motivate you to go and stimulate yourself. Does that make sense? Okay. So when I'm doing this bubble mapping or my way of thinking, it's taking a lot of energy. And is that just naturally that happens to everyone that when you set time aside to think, it's well, doing I'm, that? Yeah, well, the, the, the trick with it is if you're, in, if you're in flow, it feels like something that you're in flow with will go like that with time, right? Yeah, so, like I'll just zone into what I'm doing and like I don't even care about anything. And usually I'm really sensitive to stimuli and I'm not even sensitive to it when I'm like in that flow state. When you think about you think about this session now, we've been talking for nearly over an hour. Dang, it, really? I don't know. Has it felt like an hour to you or 
No, not at all. No. So you're in flow in the session because your brain is finding it easy to operate. You know, you're growing and you're learning in the way that works for you. You know, you're picturing things, you, you know, you can picture things happening and what you're going to do and experience in your brain. So it's easy. It's not stressful. You don't have to go out for a run right now. You know, it's good. But if you do something, you know, the written, written language, symbolic language, no matter how structured it is, it's always hard. So you can improve how you could. So bubble mapping is a lot less hard and it makes more sense for your mind. It doesn't reduce the glucose, I think, or the energy that's still taken up, if that makes any sense. So just be, you gotcha. know, is, is just have to be aware of it. Just, you just have to be aware when that happens, it is going to tire you out and finding counterbalances to that, that tiredness that are healthy. Yeah. And maybe that is too why like my chest gets tight and I feel anxious. And then when I went for that 15 minute walk and I literally was like doing lunges, like doing silly goofy stuff. And it made me feel so much better. Yeah. And you'll find I didn't even think about it that, that could way. as well, a bit of ADHD, because what you'll also find is, um, what we're seeing more in schools and even work zones sometimes is have you ever seen those little trampolines, the little rebounders that go up and down? Yeah. Those are like ADHD amazing working tools where you can jump on a rebounder, go up and down for five minutes and it resets you. It like changes your, your zone and you're back and focused again. You know, they're finding a bunch of stuff like this, but that may be for another call one day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I love what I got so far. I definitely want to learn more about what resources that you provide because I want to sign up for another one. <laughs> I don't know if this is something that you do like and you charge for. Like I would love even to pay you for the sessions. I do I do, do hourly sessions, but what we're probably more focused on for you, I think, would be this this confident dyslexic course we're doing has been so mm -hmm. amazing. We've just put our first, I think we've put nine people through it now and we're getting like game-changing game results. Like people are like, how did I not know this stuff? And it includes three meditations that I've, I've done. I've created three really cool meditations. Vanessa from our team has recorded the six-week course and we're going to run it again, I think, at the end of September. So I think you would be the perfect person for that. Yeah, I would love to sign up for that. That's awesome. And you, yeah, as I say, you'll, we, it's, it's even shocking us a bit and how well it's working. You know, you know when you hope something's going to work like you dream and then it does and you're like, wow. Yeah. Um, it's very cool. So I'd love to have you on. That's that. awesome. Well, good job to your you and your whole team, Vanessa. And I I know Becky. that there's another Becky. Okay. She's the one who kind of keeps us in line. She's a little bit less right-brained, but she keeps us <laughs> Yeah, I remember reading that on your website. <laughs> yeah, she keeps us kind of she, you know, the only reason we could do this course is she pulled out the information from me and Vanessa, especially Vanessa. <laughs> And managed to put it in some sort of structure that worked and then due to divine or whatever it is some magical powers we've um we've pulled off a course that is just you know better than our better than our wildest dreams in our opinion that's so cool yeah yes well let me i i think is that information up on the website 
I'll send you the link to make sure you've got some of it. Um, we haven't okay. opened the intake yet, but um, I'll make sure you're listed as someone that gets first dibs because we we do two sides of it. There's a there's a there's only ten people brought into the live course, and then we offer a self guided version as well alongside it. So I'll make sure you get first dibs of of it. Okay, perfect. Thank you. I really really appreciate your time. I know that this is like I said, my health is like a so much better with listening to your podcast and this was like a dream come true because I've literally been thinking about this for a full year like wanting to reach out <laughs> it's amazing but but you know just on the last thing like you pictured reaching out and then you've only just done it and it's like sometimes we think we're going to do something right and it takes us so much longer in reality eh? yeah for sure I love Thank it. you. I will send you the um, MP3 and the Zoom link. And so make sure you listen to it. And um... Hey, if you're enjoying the podcast so far and you want to give us a like and a subscribe, we'd really appreciate it. All reviews are really, really loved by us because it helps get the podcast out to more adults with dyslexia that are struggling. Also, check out truthaboutdyslexia.com. You'll find our little quiz, a fantastic 20 things to know if you love someone with dyslexia, and also our fantastic Facebook group called the Truth About Dyslexia Support Group, helping adults just like you. We're up to 2,200 members and growing. Have an epic rest of your day.